Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 397 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Today's topic is creating a sense of community virtually and keeping colleagues connected, something which is um, more than ever uh, a priority for so many organisations at the moment with the looming um, hybrid workplaces that everybody is talking about and the experiences that we've obviously all had um, in recent months. Um, I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts and MD and founder of Woodread. Woodread is a specialist creative agency and we use the tools, the techniques and insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create high-performing cultures of engaged employees. And I'm joined today uh, by our special guest, uh, Shanna Went. Shanna is Vice President Communications at Coca-Cola European Partners, and she's going to be joining me to discuss that topic and walk us through a case study of what she's been leading and the work that she has done at Coca-Cola to uh, as, a, as a case study really to um, creating a sense of community um, through uh, virtual platforms. So welcome to the show, Shanna. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, so before we get into the actual meat of our topic, um, I wonder if we could just have a little bit of an introduction, first of all, about you professionally, um, and then we can talk a little bit more about the about the organisation uh, as well. So just tell us a little bit about you, if you would, to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been in the communications field now for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to it via, um, via journalism. Um, and really found found my calling um, working in um, corporate affairs, corporate communications in a variety of roles over the years from external comms to internal communications, marketing communications. I've dabbled in a, in a bit of everything mm-hmm. um, and, and fortunately found my way to Coca-Cola. Um, I think um, everybody probably knows, knows our brand Coca-Cola, but a lot of people don't know um, who we are um, as Coca-Cola European partners, or um, most recently we've become Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific partners. Right. Um, we um, make, um, sell and move, um, obviously Coca-Cola, one of the world's most loved brands, Indeed. but actually hundreds of other brands as well too. Um, and we operate in um, almost 30 countries uh, in Europe and other parts of the world. Um, so it's really, um, really an exciting and fast moving business to be a part of. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say that the, the organization needs no introduction because obviously, you know, <laughs> everyone is more than familiar with Coca-Cola as a brand. But but that many brands in your portfolio, I think that will that will come as a surprise to people. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, there's I have to say never, um, never a dull moment. Um, it's fantastic um, to be able to work with such. Um, well-known and well-loved brands and I think you know partly as we speak today um, about internal um, or parts of internal communications um, really our employees take great pride um, in being able to represent um, such a brand and I think you know as a as a communicator um, that's really quite a privileged position to be in. Mm. 
Interesting. I, w- I was interested in what you were saying in your introduction, how you, you came from a journalism background. You've had roles over the over your career in external comms and, and now working on the on the inside uh, with the inside audience. And um, I it's a it's a conversation I love to have with people who've come through that route because I, I myself began in external comms, advertising, marketing and and now very much focus on the internal audience. And I, you know, I have some fabulous conversations with people about which is the heart, which is the big, the greater challenge, yeah. uh, which is the harder audience to engage, which is the more um, satisfying when you get it right. Um, and I guess there's probably a whole show in that topic, Shanna, but just, just very quickly, you know, what, what do you, what do you, how do they compare in your experience, those two sectors, internal and external? Well, um, I, you know, really, I got into journalism and then communications because I love, I love stories. Um, uh-huh. I love storytelling and I love learning about new things. Yes. Um, and I feel like I get to do that every day in communications. I think in the world of internal communications, um, really the, the thing that I, if some of the things that I like most about it, or I find maybe perhaps most challenging about it as well, too, um, really, your employees, I think, are can be some of your biggest advocates, but they can also be some of your biggest critics. Um, mm. They have very high expectations for the company they work for, for the brands that they represent. And you know, I think being able to live up to their expectations, um, that's quite that's quite an achievement. So yes. um, there's probably no no tougher audience than your own employees. I, I think that's true. And, and you know, they are. Yeah, they're they're up close, aren't they? They're up yeah. close and personal. They know who you are and you know who they are to, to an extent and, and, yeah. and can can come into contact with them on a day to day basis. So, so actually, that, that leads us quite nicely um, into just tell us a little bit about the employee demographic or the employee base how many how many we're talking about what kind of breakdown we have in terms of you know roles and that kind of thing yeah absolutely so um i described a little bit about about the company before we um our our company was actually formed about five years ago through Mm -hmm. a three-way merger um so coca-cola has a a long history of course um it's been around for many many years um, but our our company in that respect, while we had that shared history of the brand, um, was is relatively new. Um, actually, mm-hmm. it being being five years old, and um, we're a very um, very frontline focused um, organization. So um, it, uh, the majority of our employees, about seventy percent of them, are people who really they're out working at our manufacturing sites. They're out in the field calling on customers. Um, everyday customers for us really means the big retail customers. Um, and when we're not in a pandemic, um, hotels, restaurants, cafes, um, those, those sorts of businesses. So the majority of our colleagues aren't based in a traditional office behind a traditional desk or, um, or computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite, quite unique in that way. Um, and and many, so I, you know, I mentioned earlier, almost 30 countries, um, uh, you uh, close to 30,000 employees that work for us. Um, you can imagine the level of complexity um, with that geography, also um, languages. Yes. Um, we don't have one single language that is spoken in the company. Um, we really, 
everywhere we operate. That is the language um, that we communicate in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that adds adds a level of adds complexity. complexity. Well too. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Excellent. And 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 so a, a large proportion, what what sometimes people would call difficult to reach colleagues in that. People talk about it being so much easier to get to colleagues who, who sit at a desk with a, with a PC in front of them because you can just email them. That's easy. Not. But, you know, that's deemed to be easy. Um, not necessarily the case um, as yeah. far as your your large chunk of your employees are concerned. You know, I, I suppose, you know, it's maybe a bit of a... Um perhaps a fallacy that um, if you have a lot of desk-based colleagues, it's probably easier to push um, communications to them digitally. And and to a certain extent, that's probably not wrong, Um, Mm -hmm. but pushing um, communications to colleagues is one thing, actually getting colleagues to engage with that communications um, and content um, is another so it's, absolutely yeah, yeah that's that's the, that's the real that's where the skill comes in isn't it really yeah. so um which um prompts really my my first question to you which is specifically on the on the topic that we want to talk about today we're going to be talking about how to create a sense of community virtually how you can keep colleagues connected and the, the story that you're going to tell talk to us about and the story you're going to tell is about your new internal communications platform so let's begin at the beginning and and say what was the driver for that Shanna well so if you if I go back in time a few years um you imagine three um, different companies coming Mm -hmm. together um each with um their own set of communication um platforms um that they used uh, you know all those different languages um all those unique challenges that come with having a workforce that really isn't based um, based behind a desk, and equally a workforce that um, that doesn't have devices that have been issued by the company. So some do, but um, a lot of people um, don't need them for their jobs. So so they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't have those devices. So we had a real challenge. Um, in how we were going to bring together um, these three different entities to form one company, mm-hmm. um, bringing together different cultures, and also then really establishing a new communication platform um, for, for this new company. And I think it was a challenge, but also a unique opportunity because we were able to take a step back and say, well, actually, were we going to try and build on something that already existed um, no, because actually none of the things that existed were really successful in, in that challenge of how do you reach this very diverse, um, diverse workforce, um, this workforce that is quite often on the go, out in the field, um, mm-hmm. not, not behind a desk. Um, so it was a chance to actually imagine ourselves standing in the future and trying to figure out what would what would be successful for this, um, this kind of company, these these employees, um, what would what would work for them? So that that's really where the challenge started, um, and the need for um, coming up with a new communications platform. Right, right. And and then how did you how did you go about it, Shanna? Um, well, uh, this this was I think both both great fun, um, also also a, a stretch for us to do something different. So uh-huh. I think in um, the past and years gone by when, you know, we've set up, it's time to refresh our internal communications. We would look to 
um, the so-called experts. So people like myself, um, colleagues in HR, colleagues in IT to say, okay, what, you know, what's going to work? And we decided to do something different this time because we did, we did that every time before and we came up with great things, but they never quite um, made that uh, made that step change in in really engaging engaging differently with our colleagues. So um, we asked our colleagues. We but we did more than that. We went out. Um, we worked alongside our colleagues in all sorts of different roles in the organization in different countries. Um, worked alongside them, shadowed them, um, found out really through living kind of through their experience what what would improve their work life um, when it comes to communications technology what would what were the challenges that they were trying to solve and what would help um, so we got a lot of input um, for, through that process mm -hmm. we then started designing um, paper prototypes and we took the paper prototypes back out to the same colleagues um, we had them play around with it, test it. Um, we kept refining um, the paper prototypes until eventually we got to a solution on paper that we called Redline. Um, mm -hmm. And then the challenge was to actually um, build this thing <laughs> <laughs> um, or find a find a technology platform um, that that existed that would um, that would fit meet the needs meet the needs of Redline. So really, it was a Redline was what, which is what we call our our new internal communications platform. Um, I, I would love to give my team credit, and I do, um, but actually it was really um, created by our employees um, right. and and what they they designed um, together with us. Fabulous! I, I will talk more about how you know what it what it what it is and, and and some of the results in a minute. But I I love that that idea that you've involved your employees and and not just not just ask them um, with a survey and then gone away and come up with what you think therefore they want, but really involve them in that process. And, you know, at Engage for Success, we, we talk about the four enablers of an engaged workforce and enabler number three is listening to employee voice, recognising that employees very often have the answers to the business challenges that we face they can be creative and they can be innovative and if we listen to them they will they will very often provide the answers um, so employee voice being very much more than a, a survey um, so so that's great and so what kind of time scale did that scoping and planning and you know paper-based and then going back out you know, how, how much time were you investing in this Shanna? So we did, we did spend uh, that, that entire process took about six months. Mm -hmm. um, and it, which, which sounds perhaps like a long time, um, you taking six months to do something, but actually it didn't, it didn't feel like that as we were going through it, because every step of the way we were um, talking to our employees, they were involved in it. So mm -hmm. um, people had sight of the process and what was going to happen. It wasn't, um, wasn't that you know one day we announced we're coming up with a new internal communications platform and then no one hears anything for six months time yeah. so yeah so um, it was almost like a, a six month long soft launch really wasn't it? it yes in a way very very much in a way um so people really I you know I know you know we say we say this in communications that you should take people on the journey with you mm. um but it, no in this case we really did take you really people. did yeah yeah 
yeah absolutely they were kind of engaging with it before they uh, you know b- b- before it actually went live so was there was this were there aspects of it of the platform of the red line platform that it has that, that contains and things that you built into it that you were surprised about i mean were there any elements in there that you thought oh actually i wouldn't have imagined we would want that or that's interesting that's novel or so like yeah i think you're know, going through this process with um our colleagues it challenged um some of the assumptions that that we held about what employees um wanted or needed um, mm-hmm. from a from a communications platform in terms of what what they were looking to do um, and that that sometimes is also i think the challenge the what we were challenging by way of assumptions was how ready or how willing people were so um, what it perhaps uh, helps to describe actually what Redline is or does mm, um, a little bit yes, more about. Yes, please do. About yeah, yeah, please do. Let's 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 give us a form. Yeah, um, let's give us a little bit of an overview. So and... I think I think what we started out with and might have done um, if we hadn't challenged assumptions was that we probably would have just we would have gone out and built a new intranet. Um, mm-hmm. It would have been perhaps a little bit shinier, um, <laughs> a little bit fresher in design um, than the past intranets, but we would have built a new intranet and instead really what we ended up doing was moving our entire, um, our main internal comms platform onto a much more social media-like experience for our colleagues. So um, Redline is based on a um, technology or an, a um, software platform um, from a company called Sociable. Mm-hmm. It's a Microsoft-based um, technology. Um, we, like a lot of other companies, um, you really, um, really use the, the Microsoft suite. So that's something that, that works for us. Um, but the experience um, and what it does um, is, is very social media-like. So it's really what people are familiar with in their, in their personal lives um, in terms of being able to subscribe to content, to channels, to um, like and follow, um, mm-hmm. to be able to tag um, people um, or um, use hashtags um, around their content to make it easier to um, find things or highlight things. Um, the content is very, um, very visual, very bite size as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, um, very much like that social media um, like experience. And then like a lot of social media platforms, um, it um, recognizes your language preferences. And mm-hmm. so um, in a company like ours with so many languages, um, a huge benefit that um, people are able to post content in their own language um, and be able to read content in other languages. And yes, it's it's machine translated, but um, that's improving all the time and people are familiar with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think assumptions that we had was people wouldn't accept machine translations of, um, of communications content. And actually in this kind of setting and format, they do. And they're, mm. um, they're comfortable with it because the feedback is what breaks down some of the silos and the barriers they have with connecting with colleagues in, in other countries. Um, some of the other, uh, you know, other assumptions that were challenged as a consequence of this is that would, would people be ready for this? Of course, assumptions were made about people's um, uh, age and experience oh and no so it's interesting would... i want i wanted to, to ask you about that i'm glad you brought that up so tell us tell us more about that because i think there is often a bit of a knee-jerk response of all oh, well, no, our, our workforce is 
not not really going to embrace something like this you know yeah and i and and that's those are some of those assumptions we bring i think into the workplace and in reality what we found though was but outside of the workplace all of our workforce was using tools like this um mm. and and so we're we're very unwilling to embrace that kind of experience um in the workplace um as as well um so they really what our employees told us is yeah we have a much more modern experience of communications outside of work um it used to be that way when you when you came into a company that you kind of got all the um, ex uh, exposed to modern technology, modern ways of doing things, but but for some reason our our communications technology hadn't really really progressed um, progressed with that. We were sort of stuck stuck in time. So um, it was it was something that that type of experience our employees wanted really wanted to bring into into the company, um, and we were able to do that um, do that with this platform. Um, and again, you know, I, we we also challenged some assumptions around. Um, gamification, um, mm -hmm. uh, whether people would opt into those things or not, um, the two-way communication. So yeah, there was some anxiety over whether um, would people contribute? We you know would there be user-generated content on a platform like this, or mm -hmm. or not? Would it just mm -hmm. be radio silence? And and our colleagues have really embraced it. I think you know, in part, I would say the platform doesn't feel like a um, corporate communications platform. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is the company platform, but because it's something that has been created by our employees, I think they feel like it's their place. It's, it's, it's theirs. theirs. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're comfortable using it. They're comfortable contributing content. Um, and in really, you know, I think we saw this, um, come into its own during the pandemic. So I, I suppose, fortunately, the platform had launched um, yes. and pre-pandemic. Pre um, but, you know, suddenly now you can't interact with all of your colleagues face-to-face -face or um, meet up with them at, the, at our sites or at customers. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's kind of at, stuck at home. Mm. Mm. But still... it's interesting it, yeah I'll talk I'd like to come on to that in a moment if I may but there's a couple of things yeah. that I'd, I'd just like to explore before we do Shanna so one of the one of the things that I know senior leadership sometimes get quite worried about with these sorts of solutions is is moderation and will people behave and what if people start you know misbehaving and being abusive or generally being um, you know, not towing the party line. I mean, is there, is the platform moderated or is there a, a, a large degree of trust? Yeah. So, no, that's actually a really good point to bring up because that um, is something we did spend a lot of time discussing before we went live with a platform like this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that kind of that question of, of um, you know, how much risk would there, would there be in this? But you know, I think what what we found, what we have found through our experience, but we we also saw with um, with other um, companies' experiences as as well. Mm. Really, people want to do the right thing. Yes. <laughs> um, people apply um, common sense. Um, you know, it's it's not it doesn't it's not that you walk into the workplace and common sense leaves you. Um, yeah. It you pe people people understand all of that. So um, yes, employees really can be trusted to use the platform in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, we do have um, 
we do have platform um, governance and Mm -hmm. administrators who are there to just keep an eye on things. You know, I think um, we we joke about it, but, um, you know, in the early days, it was kind of watching out for, um, you know, as as much as we are all excited about our pets, um, you don't necessarily want to flood um, some you know, channels about your um, products with cat videos, for example. So, yes. um, so you know, more more watching out kind of for that and trying to guide people to share content in the right channels on mm-hmm. the on the platform. So, um, you know, I think it's it's mostly been 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 around that, just helping people understand where to find the conversations they're interested in. Um, how how they can engage, how they can start posting. We really haven't had an issue with anybody posting things that they're not supposed mm-hmm. to. And and then equally, actually, I should say, you know, with this with this platform, um, we do give our employees the option to um, uh, link it to their personal um, social media accounts or social networks if they choose. Oh right, um, okay, and That's then interesting. and then that means that. Um, some of the company content that we're that we're sharing um, on our on our brands or company news, mm-hmm. um, then they're actually able to share that with their social networks um, if they want to. Okay. So, and and really, again, we've had feedback from our our employees. They really appreciate that because they want to be able to share these things, mm-hmm. but they want to know that what they're sharing is okay and and it's at the right time you know they're not giving somebody a sneak preview on a um a new brand campaign that they're not supposed to be doing so um so that's so that's all about advocacy then that's real real driver of employee advocacy to see those things being joined up because that's often not the case actually that those things are joined up is it yeah Mm, very interesting and 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 what would you say was there a was there a kind of launch period and you saw a gradual growing of the numbers that got engaged with it and actively using it or was it was it sort of you know day one out the box wow you know this is this is really landed so when we you know after the platform was developed and and ready to go we we did do a phased launch of it um and that was we really wanted to test and learn from the the experience um Mm -hmm. so we went um, country by country, um, you know, we did multiple countries sometimes at the same time, but we really went country by country, and um, each country really developed the launch plan that was right for um, for the colleagues and the market at the time. So um, we did make use of events that were happening in the company um, to really drive engagement around the around the platform. So um, you know, some examples being things like we have. Um, We'll have annual sales conferences, and so we used um, some of those conferences as key moments to be able mm-hmm. to introduce the platform to to colleagues and and get them using it. and And I think being able to um, tie the platform into those key business moments. So you mentioned sales conference, but sometimes it was uh, new brand launches, um, uh, other um, campaigns that might be happening internally for colleagues. Um, that that really helped get people started on the platform. So it wasn't just a case of people um, signing up or, oh, it's there, um, but giving people really a reason to go out there in the first days and weeks and and try it and test it and start to get um, familiar with it. And, yes. um, and so, 
we saw you know everywhere we launched it really we it, initially that we built quite a buzz around mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. we saw a lot of interest in it mm-hmm. um then of course what you have to do is sustain the engagement so yes. and that does take work um mm. it's not not a case of just um you know put it out there and 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 there you go um so it you very very much um what we're able to do with with this platform is you know see what's driving the conversations internally what are people interested in what do they want to know more about mm. um, and we we react to that and we respond to it um, yeah you know sports is really a big thing um, for uh, us um, yes. and, um, and of course is, that, apl- that aligns with the brand as well of course doesn't right it? exactly yeah. and so mm. you know it's the euros happening right now it's a big mm. topic of conversation um, mm not just inside our company, but outside our company. Um, but, you know, we're able to use use the platform to run some, you know, fun fantasy football programs for our colleagues, um, engage them in the in the game and, and what's happening, a little bit of friendly rivalry too between um, all the different countries that are competing in the Euro that where, where we operate as a business. Yes, of um, course. So, you know, we... We do, um, yeah, that helps bring together not only something that's really important for our business and our brands, um, but, you know, also just connect, connect with employees as well to do, to do something fun um, with them and keep them coming back to the platform. Okay, lovely. And we've got just three minutes left, Shanna. Um, And I'd really like to close by talking about the impact that it's had for you and particularly um, during the pandemic, you know, so what, what's, what's been can you kind of talk a little bit about some of the some of the results and what you've seen and how important it has been in connecting a, a, a virtual workforce? Well, for for us, having this um, very social like platform um, and, and really two way um, communication platform in the midst of the pandemic, um, it what we saw happen is it really um, created a sense of community across the company. It was mm-hmm. a place that everybody could come to, they could connect, they could hear what was happening with their colleagues in other countries. Um, they could share their experience, their stories, they could encourage one another, um, share tips. Um, it and and we also then seeing the kind of the connection that created for colleagues during the pandemic, we were also able to do. Um, really do some fun things. We uh, we did some um, uh, live conf- concerts on the platform. Um, we had Friday DJ sets um, on the on the platform. Pride parties. Um, so it was really a way of bringing everybody together, not just to hear about what was happening in the business, but also connect socially with their with their colleagues too. And what we for, for the first time ever, um, you know, my gosh, you know, more than 20 years of doing this, every time we do an engagement survey, um, communications always seems to be a challenge. And there's so much that goes into that in an engagement survey when, when people are asked about communications, but it was always an area that was marked out for improvement. Well, during the pandemic, we did pulse surveys and with our colleagues. And mm-hmm. what we found is um, consistently that communications scored in the top three areas that employees were were happy about in the pandemic um that is a huge transformation from my perspective and of course it's not just down to redline and this communications platform but what this platform enabled people to do is it broke down a lot of barriers 
it brought people together. It also created proximity with our leaders. Our leaders were able to use this to go direct to colleagues and colleagues had direct access to the leaders in a way that they never had before, just a great equalizer. Yes. And I think all of those factors working together have really contributed to that step change in communications Absolutely. Um, in the well, company. Congratulations on that. As you say, it's something to be proud of, isn't it? And um, obviously grounded in really solid foundations in the time you took to in, allow your employees to contribute and co-create it with you. But um, yes, I mean, if we if we finish on that really positive note, that's a that's a great place to end. So um, thank you very much to today's special guest, Shanna Went, Vice President Communications at Coca-Cola Europe Pacific Partners. And thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. We'll see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Thank you and good night. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.